Welcome to Life and Death on the Fringe. I'm Maggie. And I'm Danelle. And we hope everybody's having a really good day. Uh, we're excited to bring our newest episode. Yeah. Yeah. This one is a two-parter. It's a big endeavor. It is a big endeavor. It's one of the reasons that we were behind for yeah. to drop this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, business. Have any business to attend? Uh, no, I'm just really excited about the growth we're seeing. Yeah, I really appreciate all of you guys. We've gotten a couple of new reviews or like ratings on Spotify, which is great, but we could always use some more. (laughs) Share it with your friends and family. Sharing is caring. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Again, we're on all major podcasting platforms and some of the ones that are a little bit less well-known as well. We have a Patreon, Buy Me a Coffee. Mm-hmm. We're on Instagram at Life and Death on the Fringe on Instagram. We're also um, Life and Death at, wow, Life and Death on the Fringe at gmail.com Yeah, we well. would love to hear anything about um, the cases that we're covering or case suggestions. Yeah. We're always open to that. 100%. Because we want to highlight cases that are unknown yeah. And that's that's the whole point yep. of what we're doing. Absolutely. So if you want to reach out to us, please do. Absolutely. You can even send us a DM on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. We or check, even we check um, that. TikTok. Katie. Yeah. We're on TikTok too. Absolutely. Yeah. So it sounds like we've got a big case ahead of us. It is a big Your case. Your first two-parter. My first two-parter. Yeah. It was just, it was too much, um, too much content, but also too much trauma For to, one. Put, to put yeah. in one episode. I wanted to give... Every victim, because there are multiple victims here, their story. Um, And, like, even one of the victim's moms, and we'll touch on her a little bit, said, like, we we see so often so much put into their death and so little put into about their lives. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to make sure that we could touch on all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So two-parter, uh, content warning on this one. It, it is a mature content podcast. We are going to be talking about assault, trauma, murder, sexual assault. Yeah. Big accent on sexual assault for this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if that's something that, um, you don't feel like you can handle listening to right now, please, please don't. Yeah, it does take not hurt our feelings. Catch us on the next one. Yeah, take care of yourself. Absolutely. Okay, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Let's buckle in. Let's do it. All right, so um, this is going to be about several women in Laredo, Texas. Are you familiar with Laredo? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard of it. Okay, yeah, so absolutely. border town. Yeah. It matches Laredo on the Mexican side. Uh, it's historically a really safe place. Crime is pretty low in Laredo. Okay. Yeah. Um, they do have their fair share of, um, like people who pass. A lot of them are migrants passing okay. and dying of thirst, dehydration. Heat. Oh wow! Like coming out of the desert. Yeah. Oh wow. Yep. Um, but it's also in Texas. 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 So this takes place in Laredo, Texas, September two thousand and eighteen. And I know usually I list the victims up front, but because we're going to do a two-parter, we'll list them as they come. In chronological order. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Okay. All right. So we're going to start just before 3 p.m. Monday, September 3rd, 2018. 2018. Okay. So fairly recent. Yeah. Past five years. Yeah. I just feel like 2018 was yesterday. Nope. No. Um, So September 3rd, 
A Webb County dispatcher received a call from a rancher in a remote part of Texas. Okay. So it's like 24, 25 miles north of Laredo. Okay. So like remote. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yep. This rancher discovered a woman on a dirt road. It was US 83rd North and Camino Columbia Road. So like dirt road, middle of nowhere. Like these are large ranches. So she really probably shouldn't be there. She's by all accounts. Right. These are roads that you go down because you're, you're going to somewhere. Right. Right. You don't just like hang out. Yeah. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Got it. He's like between places. Yep. And this was at night. Oh, no, this was 3 p.m. 3 p.m. You said. Yeah, okay, so middle of the day. Middle of the day. Weird. Okay. I know, super weird. Okay, was she alive? Okay, sorry, I'm getting ahead. <laughs> You're okay. You're <laughs> okay. Um, so the sheriff's deputy arrived, and he saw the woman lying alongside the dirt road. She was still clutching a bag of M&Ms what? in her hand, and she'd been shot three times in the head Whoa. and once in her right wrist, which was a defensive. Yeah. Like yeah, she like her, she had put her hand she up. She put her hand up to stop the attacker. Yeah, and it sounds like from the sources that I'm seeing that the sh- several of the shots were from behind to her head, and she was turning when she got okay. shot in her wrist. Okay. Wow. Yep. So she's holding the back of M&M's, um, and at first, like when they first came up on the scene, it looked like maybe she had been dumped there. But they found 40 caliber casings next to her body, so she was executed there. Whoa. Like, she was shot almost point blank. That's creepy. Yeah. And very um, pointed. Yeah. Absolutely. It feels planned. It really does. Um, The 40 caliber casings were pretty unique. The brand of those particular bullets was federal, and they service, they provide ammunition to federal agencies and law enforcement. Whoa. So not something you would buy at like a gun store or Walmart. Right. It, and it's yeah. something that you could like could come across, but it's not something that's it's like not common. It, right. Right. It's much more common for somebody who works in law enforcement to have. Okay. Than like. So we're off to a weird start already. It is a, a weird start. So middle of the day, we've got like government issue ammunition mm-hmm. and a woman who's been executed. In the middle of nowhere. Yep. Like ranch lands. Okay. Yep. Um, so she was first taken to the coroner as an unidentified person. And the police were like really quiet about the death. Um, there were some like murmurings of, oh, maybe we'll never know who she is. She was probably undocumented, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Right. Now, the ranchers though, good on them. And I was kind of surprised. The ranchers on the scene initially noticed a truck. That's what caught their attention that didn't belong. It was a black truck okay. parked on the side of the road. Huh. And you know, when you're talking about a road where you're really only going on because you're getting to somewhere or coming from somewhere, you kind of notice when things don't belong. Well, yeah, because if you're the only people that live out there, then you're going to wonder why someone's out there. Right. And you know who comes and goes. Yeah. You know your neighbors. Right. This truck did not belong huh. at all. So they even took down the plate. Whoa. Yeah. It was that, like... That strange. It was that strange. That out of place. Yeah. They were like, something's up here. Yeah. This we is should weird. probably get this. So they took down the plate, and when they sped away, they saw the body. That's oh. what prompted the call. Oh. So they were like, this definitely just dumped a body. 
Yeah, yeah. And skedaddled. Definitely has some involvement. So great lead. So law enforcement passed along the plate and description to Border Patrol, the Texas Rangers. Like they're trying to get everybody. Right. Right. Like middle of the day, this just happened. This truck just left. Like, let's find them. Yeah. Okay. So they did get an ID and it was a police officer. Huh. So he is linked to the truck and he would have access to the ammunition. Right. Right. That's possible. Yeah. And so they find where he lives. They surround the house. He runs, actually. (laughs) He Hmm. flees. And they're like, okay, like maybe this is this is the guy. He actually calls the police station, the sheriff's department. The cop does? Yeah. That they're is, chasing? Yes. And comes in for questioning. Okay. And he was just freaked out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so he did in. the thing that everybody tells pl- people not to do when they're cops? Like the cops say to Stop people, running. why did you run? Yeah. He, he did afraid. that? He did that. So he's just a coward. He's he's definitely a coward. Okay. But, you know, awesome. he was with the truck that was next to the body. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so did he just see her? Why was he out there? He was looking at property. Uh-huh. Which was, that was corroborated. I can't say that word. Corroborated. Corroborated. <laughs> um, and he was cleared. And he literally almost parked on top of this woman's body and oh didn't see her. Okay. So he was probably just totally wigged out. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe he had access to police scanners. Maybe he knew they were looking at him in conjunction with the body, and he panicked. Huh. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so he's like, this is not my lucky day. This is not. He (laughs) probably didn't buy that property. (laughs) Oh, my God. But he was cleared. Okay, so he had literally nothing to do with yep. it. And Just like, wrong place, wrong time. Right. He had a gun on him. It was a 9 millimeter. They searched his house. He didn't have any 40 millimeter, nor was he issued one. Okay, so not the proper weapon, nothing. Nothing. They have no ties. Okay. Okay, but they keep him on the radar. They're because, like, like, this guy's a person of interest, maybe. Like you, Right. He must be the unluckiest person in the world. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> if so, that ever happened like, to me, I would definitely be, be uh, panicking. Yeah, he panicked. Like, I don't want to be involved in this. Yeah, and like, it sounds far-fetched, but like, it it was legitimately true. Like, he had yeah. nothing to do with it. Okay. It's, All right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wild. In the meantime, though, mm-hmm. while they're figuring all of this out with this guy, and I'm not going to name him because like... He really had nothing to do with it. Right. His name is out there. Um, in the meantime, the woman was taken to the Webb County morgue and fingerprinted. Okay. And that is how they identified her. So, so, okay. Yep. So her name was Melissa Ramirez. Okay. And she had her fingerprints on file from um, a sex working charge in 2008. Like some misdemeanor or something? Yeah. Okay. Right. But they were able to ID her. Yeah. Thankfully. I'm glad. Yep. I'm glad they were. Yep. Um, so two officers end up going to Melissa's mom's trailer. To notify her? Sometimes Melissa would stay there too. Um, with her mom? Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of people say, oh, she lived there with her mom, and that's not necessarily the case. Melissa was a sex worker. She stayed a lot of places. She really, that was her home base. She would come home to recenter that is where two of her kids lived her younger two kids okay lived there uh, a son seven years old so she's she's struggling it sounds like 
Yeah. So she yeah. has a seven-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. Okay. And her mom would always beg her to stay, like make her her favorite food. Aww. Like you can stay with me. Um, yeah. That's rough. But yeah. Like really, really tried. Um, Melissa was one of four siblings. Like she played the accordion. She loved Aww. Selena. <laughs> you know, like she was really sweet. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I know. I know. Um, she, even as a kid, would do her best to like collect spare change. So when the ice cream truck came, she could buy ice cream for all of her friends that Aww. didn't have money. Like she was really, really sweet. And she loved to laugh. She loved having tickle fights with her kids. Like, Mm. was a really, really good mom when she could be. Yeah. When she could be. Um, She That breaks my heart. Yeah. That breaks my heart. Yeah. She was a really good student. But in her teens, she had a bipolar diagnosis that went untreated. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. And it kind of took her down a, a darker path. She started hanging out with some different people. She ended up getting addicted to prescription pills. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, she dropped out of high school, um, and she eventually turned to sex work to feed her Just to, like, support her. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep, so it went from prescription pills to cocaine, and then... So she just didn't have a lot of, like... It doesn't sound like she had support in that way for the mental health portion of things. Like, maybe she didn't have access to the right kind of help. Right, right. But she was not, like, a bad person. She wasn't. She was just struggling. And her family still loves her. Of course. Yeah. Of course they do. I mean, that's not... We're talking sex no, workers, I know. and I know. that's I not get always it. the case. Not, that's not always the case, but that's your kid. Like, you don't stop loving your kid. Yeah. 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 So, so that... It was, it was hard for her mom, but her mom tried to show up for her in the best way that she could. Yeah. As well, and just tried to be but stable. I'm sure her mom was also, like, heartbroken. Yeah. By this death. Oh. And, like, all of it. Yep. Wow. Um, Yeah. She, like, again, super loved her kids. She was really close to her sister-in-law. They were pretty much siblings. And they would hang out all of the time. And her sister-in-law, too, would try to keep her at her house. And be like, why don't you just stay with me? And she'd always make excuses that she had to get going or she had to leave. And she would never tell them where, but they knew. Yeah. Yeah. They knew. Um, she would always, she'd stay there for a while and then she would catch a bus to Laredo, downtown Laredo. It's San Bernardo Avenue. They call it the Avenue. Okay. And it's notorious for sex work and drug trafficking and everything in between. Okay. And it's like this four block stretch okay. in Laredo that is just, that's what it is. Right. I mean, every city has that. Yep. Yep. Um, so her mom, like you said, was a wreck at the news. Yeah. But wasn't surprised. Aww. In a different way. So, and she shared this information with the police at the time too. But about two weeks before, she was at the dinner table with her mom and her sister-in-law. And she said, hey, like, I have something I really need to tell you guys. Okay. So they all, like, stop what they're doing. And she said, I'm not going to be here much longer. And she said that she had a premonition that she was going to get shot in the head and killed and that she didn't have much time. Whoa. What was, so so was somebody threatening her or was this just literally, it was just literally a a feeling she had. Whoa. And it was so eerie. Like she like held her fingers to her head. Like this is how it's going to happen. And it was so eerie that her mom actually recorded it on her cell phone. No way. And gave it to the police. 
Wait, so she recorded her daughter telling them that comment? Did she have her repeat it or something? Yeah. Whoa. She repeated it several times. Whoa. And it was, it was also little things like she wanted every moment with them. And she would beg them to stay. Even when she was like getting high, she'd like, I don't have much time. Like, can you stay with me? Oh my God. And that was so her... just like a complete turnaround from where she had been. Yeah. And it was one of her family members, like greatest regrets, she said, because she was begging her to stay, but she didn't want to be around her using. And so she left and she didn't see her again after that. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. all of this is just tragic. Like so tragic. Yep. Yeah. It's uh that's an understatement. It it really is. And she and she would say things like I really want to get my life back on track and I you know I because want to again, see my kids she's more a good often. person. Yeah. She's just struggling. She's struggling. She's struggling with her mental health, she's struggling with addiction, and that's a lot for anybody. I mean, those two things alone are nearly impossible to get past if you mm-hmm. don't have the right kind of support. Yep. And even then it is like so hard. Yep. Yep. And like her and her mom must have had like one of those really beautiful connections that sometimes moms mm-hmm. and daughters have because that morning before her body was even found, her mom went to the avenue looking for her, which she like never she did. she just knew. Yeah. She had like a gut feeling. It yeah. sounds like. She was like, I just try, I have, I need to find my daughter. Whoa. And, um, you know, asking questions. She even ran into a woman that she knew her name was Claudine. And that she knew that her daughter knew, you know, asking right. for her. And she hadn't seen her. Okay. But, yeah, she was looking for her before they found her body. Wow. And far before they ID'd her. Um, so once the police had cleared the man in the truck, they began the looking. The police officer? Yeah. Yeah, um, the police officer that would just happened to be in this terrible scenario. Right. And was super unobservant of his surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were starting to ask, like, is there anyone else that you can think of, you know? And Melissa's mom said that there was a guy she'd been hanging around with that, like, kind of looked at her with hatred and gave everyone bad vibes. Looked at the mom with hatred? Looked or at looked her daughter. Looked at Melissa. But was hanging out with her? She, he was a John. He was a client. Okay. Um, and he was cleared. He had an alibi for the time in question. But... Just trying to think of anything, yeah, right? They're grasping at straws yep. here. So they're now also looking at like known people, anybody that may know her whereabouts up until her death, maybe knew if she'd gone to a car with somebody. Like, so they're looking for known associates, yeah, essentially. Just any leads whatsoever. Yep. Um, and that is also when Claudine's name comes up again. And so mom talked to her, can't find her, but is like, hey, like they're into the same drugs and they work the same avenue. Let's find Claudine. Okay. Right. Like maybe, maybe she doesn't know, but maybe she knows. Right. You know, she probably saw something. And maybe she doesn't even know that she saw something. Yeah. Like it could be something small. Yeah. Like, oh, she got into this truck that she's gotten into a hundred times before, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or, or whatever it may be. I will say, like, credit to these departments, too, because it's not only, like, the DPS, it's the Texas Rangers, it's Border Patrol, like... All working together? Murder one, yes, and they're all working together. See, that's very unusual. And for a sex worker, it's even more unusual. And she is Hispanic. She's Latin, which is, like, layers upon layers of marginalization, and they gave a shit. Wow, that is impressive. I know. 
Especially in Texas. No offense. It's just the truth. It is what it is. Um, So looking for Claudine, she's, again, her name keeps coming up. Like, you got to find her. You got to find her. They can't. Like, she, I don't know if maybe she knew they were looking for her, so she disappeared. She got She's scared. She's, like hiding out or something. Right, which happens. Yeah, you don't sure. know why they're looking for you. Right. She may have, she probably has no idea what's going or on. Or she does, and she doesn't want to be next. Yeah, that's also a very strong possibility. You know, so she's hiding out. So they release Claudine's information to Border Patrol Intelligence. They release her to the Texas Rangers. They're like... She's not a person of interest. We just think that she might have seen something. Like, okay. be on the lookout. They did not release her name to the public, just to the internal agencies. Okay. Like, we're just trying to find... Just trying to have a conversation. Yeah, we just need links. Yeah. We just need links. Uh, they couldn't find her. Empty. Wow. Empty-handed. They even went as far as checking, like, the border cameras... Because that's how close we are to the border in Laredo. Okay. Looking for, like, known license plates of people that know Melissa and maybe know Claudine. Like, they're trying. And Border Patrol Intelligence is looking at that, and they come back, and they're like, there are no links. Like, we can't find anything. Not even on these cameras. Damn. Yeah. So, we're going to fast forward 10 days. Okay. So, 10 days later, September 13th. Okay. Another body is found. Whoa. Yes. It is 42-year-old Claudine Luara. Oh, my God. Yep. So the same woman that police have been trying to find, the same woman that Melissa's mom spoke to the day before, like the morning before they found Melissa's body. And where did they find her? Two miles from where they found Melissa. No shit. When they find Claudine, Claudine is alive. What? Yes. Um, she was dressed in jeans and a pink sweater. She had a single gunshot wound. It looked, again, execution style to the back of her head. So she was alive and she had a gunshot wound to the head? She died shortly after arriving oh to the hospital. Oh, my God. Okay. Yep. And next to her body was a forty caliber casing, brand Federal. Oh, my God. Yes. So I just want to talk a little bit about Claudine. Yeah. To do it. So she grew up in downtown Laredo. So she'd lived there her whole life. She went to high school less than a half a mile from the avenue. Uh, she and her sisters got bullied a lot because they were mixed. One of her parents was Mexican and one was Scottish. And so they called they called her white all the time oh and like to God. hurt her feelings. Um, and that was actually really hard on them. Yeah. Like they really felt like othered. On that way. Um, she was a really, really good student. Again, really funny. Loved to laugh. Lots of friends. Everything changed, though, about 13, 12, 13, depending on the source that we're talking to. Her sisters say it happened before she was 14 years old, but she was sexually assaulted. Um, oh, my God. Depending on the interviews that you hear, some people will say it was a neighbor. Some will say it was, like, the uncle of a friend, which still could somebody be a neighbor. Yeah, it was somebody that they knew. And nothing was done about that. It was reported, and that was the end of that. So she really started to struggle. Um, Yeah. Yeah. She started to struggle with an addiction to heroin. She, right after high school, though, did pick up a job at the DA's office. Whoa. Yeah. Like, she really, like, had dreams. Sounds like she was hella smart, too. Yeah, she was. 
Shortly after that, though, she reconnected with an old boyfriend, mm-hmm. which sure got got her back into the life of drugs. Oh, she became God. again addicted to heroin. She ended up losing custody of her five children, and then within a year was working on the avenue to support her husband. Yeah, oh, there are God. some like heartbreaking interviews with Claudine's one of Claudine's daughters, where she said like, every time I saw her, I would just ask her like, why aren't we enough? Oh my God. And she would tell him, like, it's not that you're not enough. Like, you're enough. Your love is enough. I'm just, I'm struggling. Can and I just say, fuck heroin. Yeah. I, yep. I fucking hate that. Yep. And her daughter in that interview would say, like, she just kept begging us to see her as separate from the drugs, and we couldn't. Well, yeah, they're kids. They yeah. just want their mama. Yep. But I also understand that addiction is a monster. It's a monster. Is absolutely a beast. Yep. And I mean, when you're sexually assaulted again and you don't have the right kind of support, things happen. Yep. And had they maybe gotten justice for her and maybe some support, things could have turned out differently for her. Instead of just being like, thanks for the report. And even just reporting a sexual assault, you have to repeat that story so many times to so many different people. And then the rape kit. The sexual assault kit is a trauma. said she was trauma. Like 12 or 13 when that happened? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yep. Yep. Um, so her children were placed with her sister, her five kids, and she did see them. She just wasn't like a staple in their mm-hmm. lives. Now, after Melissa's body was found, Claudine, she got scared. And this is why she was kind of like MIA, actually. Right. She went to her eldest daughter's apartment her eldest daughter was in college and she said, like, I don't want to do sex work anymore. Like, I want to get my life together. Like, I'm afraid. Like, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. But it was not that long before she went back to the avenue. Yeah, again, that. she needs intervention, mm-hmm. which it sounds like did not happen. No, no. Um she did, though, get a call, like, right around the time that she was at her eldest daughter's house. Mm-hmm. Her 17-year-old son called her, and he was he's autistic, and was telling her how he finally was in, like, the big high school with all the kids. And, like, he wow. was with everybody, and she was super proud. Wow. And, like, she was, like, riding on a high. And then within 48 hours, her body was found. Whoa. 72, 48 hours, right around there. But that was the last time her family spoke with her, was on the, a high. At least they have that. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's something, right? It, yeah. It's something. Yeah. It's not... It's yeah, I mean, all of it, all of this so far has been like just one gut, gut punch after another. Yeah. And these women are incredibly vulnerable. Yep. Like, and these they're are beautiful members people of our society that are struggling. incredibly vulnerable. Yep. And should be protected. Yep. And instead they're being... Murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, the police were not publicly connecting these deaths. They... Even though they've got the exact same MO? They had connected them in the department. Okay. But they're not announcing they them to the They weren't releasing, public. right, because they didn't want to release, like, the caliber. They wanted to keep, like, those things that really did connect these cases together close. Yeah, because at this point, it's kind of starting to look like something's up. Yeah. Internally, Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. So they're 
they're they're, they're trying to be careful. They're with, trying to be with careful. With the information right. they're putting out. So they're so. How do I say it? So I. This story has women of all walks in the story. Um, there's one woman. Her name is Priscilla Villarreal. They call her La Gordi Loca, mm-hmm. or the big crazy lady. Okay. She is like a vigilante journalist. Whoa. Okay. She live streams everything. Okay. She she does it to keep the police honest. Okay. Anytime anyone sees flashing lights, call, like police tape, they call her, Facebook message her. What? And, and she is there. Now, is this in Laredo? This is Laredo. Okay, so this this is just yep. a bad bitch yep. that's just doing the damn thing. She is awesome. Okay. <laughs> she has a little truck that she calls her Blue Devil, oh, and no. she is on the streets of Laredo constantly. And her whole thing is she wants to bring to the forefront people on the fringe. Whoa. People who are underreported. That's so cool. Yeah. And she's kind of doing what we're doing. Only she's like boots on the ground. Yeah. Boots on the ground. And she wants like, anytime there's an immigration raid, she wants to make sure that people are being held accountable. People are being treated well. People aren't being fucking assholes. Like she's holding people's feet to the fire. She is in like this beautiful social justice way. And her name is La Gordi Loca. Yeah, her name's Priscilla, but they call her La Gordi Loca. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty dope nickname. (laughs) Yeah, she. She. There are lots of interviews with her, and she's rad. (laughs) She's rad. I'm gonna have to check her out. Yeah, she's she's still doing it. She's still on Facebook. Yeah, (laughs) and um, yeah, she live streams everything. And she calls him out and she'll yell at him from like the sidelines and be no like, hey, way. is that the murder suspect? Like, what's that? Like a. <laughs> Whoa, all chingona? Yeah, 100%. That's fucking badass. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> it's the, it is really badass. So they weren't talking about these murders, but Priscilla was. Oh, shit. And she was live streaming it. Like, she was there when they went to question the guy in the black truck. Okay. And she was like, I don't know, probably connected to the body that we found. I don't know oh if this God. is the person. He's like, we we here. <laughs> <laughs> so she <laughs> she she keeps them honest. Yeah, she keeps I them mean, honest. What a fucking badass. hundred uh, percent. I think I would like to know her in real life. I do too. <laughs> Seems amazing. Um, and she, like I said, she's on the streets. Like boots on the ground, they know her truck. They know when she's coming. Oh, they're like, oh god, here she comes. <laughs> but that also means that she knows all the sex workers. Yeah, like she knows everyone. She's a woman with a mission. She knew Melissa. Okay, did she know Claudine? It didn't say, but probably. Yeah, probably. Okay. She knew a lot of people there, and and she would say like Melissa was always smiling, always said that she's doing the best that she can. Like was just a, like a beautiful person to be around. Yeah, but. She is now spreading the word along amongst the sex workers. And she like, said, hey, there's a problem. She said, there's a madman out here is oh, what shit. she said. Okay. She so said, she's, like, she's calling it what it is. She's, she is. She's calling bullshit. She is. And she's like, she went to the streets and is like begging women to get off the Avenue. Oh, like wow. both of the bodies that were found, both of the women that were murdered were working on the Avenue. Like, please, like if you can, Go hide out. Somewhere. Go hide out somewhere. Right. Like Damn. somebody is killing you. Whoa. 
And most of them said that they couldn't. Like, this is their means of making money. Of, like, literally day-to-day surviving. Right. But they started making plans together, like, um, taking notes of the cars that are in the area. Kind of like, and I I don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with the West Mesa um, serial killer Uh in Albuquerque, but the sex workers there were, they had a notebook that they were writing down plates and Well, and there was that detective that... Yeah, so it's very much like Priscilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they were trying to protect each other. Yeah. You know, like making sure like they hey, started I'm, closing ranks. Right, like I'm getting in the car with this person, like just telling somebody. Yeah. So somebody knows like where you are. Like a body system kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the best way that they could. Sure. Yeah. They're working with what they got. Yep. So taking care of each other because they can't trust other people will. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep, so now, thanks to Priscilla and then other news media that started picking up the story, like, it was known that there were two murdered women okay. and that they were murdered in very similar ways, found in very similar places. It's out. It's Good. also out that they don't have a person in mind. Right. <laughs> you know? They don't have a suspect. Exactly. Exactly. Um, she's also making the connections, like, this person is brazen. They're not ashamed. This is the deserts of Laredo. They could have left a body anywhere, but they didn't. Yeah. They left it on the side of the road. That's they left where the bodies where they f- killed them. Yeah, where somebody's gonna find it. Right. Like they're yeah. proud. Damn. Like they're hunting. Damn. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Ugh, I gross. didn't either until she said it and I was like, Yeah. Yes. Yep. So the police are continuing to look into it. Like they're Police are also boots on the ground, talking to people. They've still got, like, Texas Rangers. They've got the feds in. They've got Border Patrol. Like, they're just trying to cast the widest net possible. Right. Um, For those of you who aren't familiar with Laredo, like, there is a lot of cross-border that goes on in Laredo. Like, people on the U.S. side will work on the Mexican side and vice versa. Like, that's super common. Yeah. There's even walkways. Yeah. Like, little um, footbridges. Yeah. For people to go back and forth. Yeah. Like, like super common. Yeah, super common. So they're trying to to get eyes out. Anything that maybe looks unusual or some they're overhearing someone say something or anything. Yeah. You know? Like, they don't have a lot to go on. <laughs> so they're trying to get what they can. Um, they did search Claudine's phone. I was really excited to tell you. To okay. tell you this, <laughs> and oh boy, they find a guy that she, the last person that she was speaking with before uh, she was found shot, and he, his nickname is Chone. Chone. <laughs> Chone. Um, he was cleared. <laughs> Wait. Why was she calling him Chone? They didn't what say. What up, Chone Chone? They, in every source, they were like, yeah, it was Chone. And I'm like, what? It's so close to Choney. Like, <laughs> need more information. <laughs> like, okay, let's just be, like, okay. Like, it's like calling someone, like, underwear, but leaving the last part off. Just being like, what's up, unders? <laughs> what's up, Chone? I thought that that would get you because yeah. it got me. Oh my god! What up, Tom? 
Anyways. Of all the names. I'm not mature, so <laughs> moving right along. Apparently, me neither. Um, so Border Intelligence continues to review cameras, and they're they're still trying to, like, make any connections they can, and they keep coming back to, like, the Rangers is nothing. Like, we can't find any connections. Uh-huh. Okay. So. They keep running into people like Chone. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just can't let that go i was really excited i told you that in the kitchen earlier i was like baby just i've got to... a nickname for you <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. and their only idea is joan i, oh I have no idea God. what his so actual no name is what his real name is just joan it's just joan oh my god yep okay so september 14th so this is the next day right this is right after they found Claudine, right? Yeah, so it's approximately 36 hours after Claudine's body is found. Okay. So, like, the evening. Erica Pina, who's 27, was walking along the avenue. So she is a sex worker working the avenue. And a white Dodge Ram passes her, stops, and, like, rolls down the window. Is like, get in, babe. Oh, my God. I know. Erica knew this truck. Uh, They all knew this truck. This truck frequented the area. Okay. Like, this is not this is not one of the trucks where people would have been like... Don't get in that car. Right. Okay. Right. Like, they all knew him. Um, they knew this guy by the name of David. The woman on the avenue would say that he was kind. Mm-hmm. As, as much as you can be, right, mm-hmm. in this line of work. Right. Right. So a lot of times he would pay them just to talk. Hmm. And sometimes it would be oral sex, but never intercourse. Weird. Yeah. But most of the time, he would just want to talk to them. To each their own, I suppose. Yeah, I mean. But they also that he was really polite, and he would always, like, wish them well. Um, like, hand them the money and be like, you know, be safe out there mm-hmm. as they left. Right? Sure thing, David. Yeah, thanks, David. Um, so most most of them trusted him. Yeah, that's what makes me nervous about that. Yeah, Um but he was a regular, so it wasn't like it wasn't like he was new to the scene. Like he'd been on the avenue for years. Like right. he was just a, a person that frequented this establishment, the street. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So Erica, I'm sorry, David told Erica that he was ex-military, and she remembers him saying that he was a supervisor of some sort somewhere. Okay, you know. Um, but she did mention later that. This night was a little bit different for David. Usually he was pretty, like, even. And he was, like, giddy. Like, really talkative and, like, really hyped up and, like, giddy. Animated, like, yeah. super, just, like, like almost, like, manic in a way. Almost. It was unlike him. Okay. In that aspect of it. Okay. But Erica knows, knows this guy, gets into his truck, and they drive away. Hmm. Yeah. Which they had done many times before. This is not a new scenario for Erica or any of them, really. So David told Erica that his wife and kids were away, so they went to his house, which they do often. Wait, he's married with kids? Young kids. A garbage human. Yeah. Yep. So Erica had been to his house like multiple times before, so she didn't know red flags. Like she knew where this guy lived. Uh Uh-huh. Not super weird or unusual. I want to say it was like the north side of Laredo. Um, They went inside, they smoked a cigarette, and they were just talking. 
mm-hmm. which again, not uncommon for this guy right. to just want to talk. But Erica gets to talking about Claudine and Melissa and is like, you know, that's impacting her life. Yeah. Day to day. I'm sure it's on her mind. Of so course she's it's talking on her mind. about it. Right. And she's like, Hey, like, have you heard anything? Like, I know they took some people in for questioning, but like, I don't think anything came of that. And his attitude changes. Hmm. And he gets a little, he starts getting more agitated huh. and starts asking her questions that she couldn't possibly have the answers to. What the hell? Like, what did they say? Like, what questions did they ask them? What are, what are the other girls saying? And she's Whoa. like, she's like, dude, I, calm down. I don't know, man. Like, I just, like, I knew those girls. <laughs> like, so we're talking about it because we're talking, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's all very, very sus. Yeah. Yeah. But. As he gets like more and more agitated, she gets more and more afraid. I'm sure she does. And she has this moment and you can, she has interviews, but she says like, I knew that I was in the house of the man who killed Claudine and Melissa. Oh God, that'd be so and terrifying. And I don't know how to get out of here. That'd be so fucking scary. Yep. Like she describes the pit in her stomach. I've read one source that said she threw up outside. I only saw that one place. It seems sensationalized, but maybe it happened. Um, so she starts thinking that she needs to get the fuck out yeah. of here. She's like, I got to go to the bathroom and climbs out the window. Only, I don't know. If she's on. F- yeah, yeah. She's far away from where she is normally. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like she's not like on the Avenue. Um, She's probably terrified. She yeah. is terrified. I know that she's terrified. She's probably I would not thinking straight. She's probably like, oh my God. Yeah. She's, it sounds to me in her statements, like she's fawning. Yeah. You know, like she's yeah. just trying to like, what do I say Fight, to get flight, me out? Freeze or fawn. Right. Like, what do I say to get me out of this house alive? Yeah. So she's being like, oh, David. Yeah. Like to try to keep him calm. Right. And probably trying to make it so that he doesn't think that she knows anything. A hundred percent. Like definitely playing dumb. Definitely not you, David. Yeah. No, we're good. We're cool, man. Yeah. I've known you for a long time. I'm sure. Yeah. You know? So David at some point is like, you know what? I'm hungry. Let's go to the gas station. And she's like, yes, please. Like, let's get out of here. Because she's just trying to get to anywhere else where there's people. Yeah. That are not David. Yeah. At least if she gets to the gas station, she, she could be like, all right, man, I got to, I got to bounce. See you later. Right. Yeah. So they get to the gas station and she tries, she tries to open the car and he pulls a 40 caliber on her <sighs> and tries to get her to stay in the car. He, she does this fucking incredible shit. Okay. So she pops the passenger door with her right arm. He grabs, he has a gun on her and he grabs her shirt with his other arm. Uh She puts her hands up and she falls out the truck while the shirt comes off of her body. So she just slid out of it like a toddler. Yep. Whoa. And runs. And there just happens to be a patrol officer pumping gas in his car. Oh my God. It's a trooper. Yeah. And she is screaming, help me. And she doesn't have a shirt on. And she's yeah. running up to this guy. And he isn't on duty yet, so his body cam wasn't on. Uh-huh. He pops it on. And you can see this whole interview. What? The audio is out there, yeah. 
Whoa. Yeah, and she he's she is code switching from English to Spanish because she's so scared. Yeah. But she's saying, like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, sir. I'm afraid he's trying to kill me. Whoa. And meanwhile, he bounces. Right? But she knows this man. Has been to his home. Correct. Knows his name. Has been yep. in his car. She knows this yep. guy. And he immediately puts her in the car. Okay. And talk. They talk. Okay. And she just lets it out she's like this guy's name is david i know everything about this right i was just at his house and she's like you know me i'm a sex worker i work on the avenue like this guy is a client this is the car that he drives this is what his house looks like and she's going into detail about like the sidewalk the bushes what the house looks like what part of town it's in she's like just like every piece of information i'm gonna tell you everything i can about the scenario i'm afraid whoa so they take her to the sheriff's department and they get her like a formal interview. Damn. Yeah. Like, fuck, I can't even imagine sliding out of that scenario the way that she did <laughs> and like popping that door and just whoop. not for nothing, but I can't even imagine seeing something like that. Cause they were at the gas station. Yeah. Right? So there were other people. Yeah. If you were there just getting gas and you saw this chick do that, you'd be like, whoa, what a fucking bad bitch. It's totally like, yeah, what a bad bitch. Yeah, for real. Like, whoo. So as before, I'm sorry, before he takes her to the station, she's talking. She mentions the murders. She mentions Claudia and she mentions Melissa. She's like, yo, I know these girls and this guy flipped out when we yeah. started talking about it. And he immediately it. turns on his radio and he calls um, the Texas Rangers and then he calls the state police. And he's okay. like, I think this is connected. Whoa. And so he gets them on it quick. Whoa. Which so, like, this, so they're actually like on it. He's, yeah. He's on it. He's on it. Instead of it. being like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're probably just overreacting. He's Are you like, on drugs? Yeah, he's like actually listening. Yeah. No, That's he did. That's all very surprising, I, I have to say. My a lot of this is surprising. I know. So far. I know. And so she tells him the same. He's a supervisor of some kind. He told me he's ex-military. His name's David. You know, the whole gamut. Well, if they have his address, they can get his last well, name. Yeah. 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 And But she's describing the truck, so they're trying to get like... What kind of person is this? What kind of supervisor is he? Is he an oil worker? He has Just like find a, out his last name. He has like a Dodge Ram 2500, like a huge truck like for one of no the reason. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they think that maybe he's an oil worker and that would be the kind of trucks that they would drive. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, so they get her statement and then they pack everybody in that office. Like troopers, rangers, feds, border patrol... <laughs> Like everybody. Every, and they stuff them into three patrol cars and they go to his house. Okay. <laughs> so they drive there so that they can get her to ID the house. The truck isn't there. Well, yeah. He's probably like, I'm not going home right now. Yeah. I yeah. may never go home. Yeah. Or he's feeling invincible. Yeah. I suppose that's also you possible. Know? So either way. So he's not there, but they get a name. And this address is listed to Juan, David, Ortiz, and wife. That's how it's listed. Okay. So they have a name. Okay. They put out the bolo on the truck because now they know where he lives so they can know, they know the plate of the car that's registered yeah, they, to that address. They got, they got his number now. Yep. They have got his number. And it just, it just so happens that 
a patrol officer is driving by a gas station and there's a truck. <laughs> there it is. So he pulls in and he waits for Juan. His, I mean, his name is Juan. He waits for Juan to go inside, notices that he leaves his service weapon in the car. Oh, shit. Yep. And so they meet him before he gets back to the truck. He has backup and they try to arrest him. Oh. And he's, he says some dumb ass shit. He says, like, you're freaking me out, man. Like, what's this about? And you can hear that audio, too. He's like, I don't know what this is about. You guys are freaking me out. You guys are freaking me out, man. And then he books it. He fucking runs. On foot? On foot. What a dumbass. And he, he, they cannot find him. Oh, my and God. And there's audio of this, too, of the officers being like, water tees, like, come out. <laughs> no. No. So they're, they have... I don't know why that's so funny <laughs> The audio to me. is funny to me, too, because he's like... <laughs> I can just imagine him, like, spitting it everywhere, like, water tees. Yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> Like, he's just going to be like, okay, <laughs> oh, you, you guys got me. Okay, it was a really scary I voice. I give up. I yeah. give up. You're not freaking me out anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so they have, like, the perimeter set up, and they're going grid by grid. And the last place is a hotel parking garage. And so they're going layer by layer, starting at the bottom. And at the very top, there are, like, two places this guy can be, either the bed of this red pickup truck or behind this pillar. It can't be anywhere. Like they've checked everywhere else. And so they check the pillar and he's not there, but they know that he's armed and they know he's in this truck. Mm-hmm. So they are at a standoff for like an hour. Oh my God. Yeah. Before Just get your ass out of the pickup, dude, <laughs> before he comes out with his hands up at like two thirty four in the morning, like, okay guys, never mind. It's all cool. Okay. It's me. I'm here. And <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. And meanwhile, Priscilla live streaming this shit the no whole time. Hundred percent. She was no elsewhere. She was covering like a like an auto accident when somebody called her and she was right there. Holy shit. And she is covering this whole scenario. This chick sounds awesome. Yeah, and some of the audio is are from her clips that oh she my has. God. Yeah. Like super awesome. But while he's in this truck. His friends start noticing these weird Facebook messages, like Facebook, like live blurbs and like videos that he's <laughs> he's posting from the pickup truck. Yes. From the bed of the pickup truck? Yeah, from the bed of the pickup truck. Oh and he my says, God. he's posting messages like this, like, to my wife and kids, I love you. And my favorite is Doc Ortiz checks out. Farewell. <laughs> What? <laughs> Doc Ortiz? Doc Ortiz checks out. Farewell. Uh, is he a doctor? No. So what the... F- what? That doesn't even make sense. What? Like he's some martyr also? <laughs> like he's getting ready to suicide by it makes cop? Makes me want to like scream out. He's doing all this, and like his family and friends are starting to reach out to each other and be like, like, Is he okay? Is Juan good? What is happening happening? with with this dude? But then they're starting to piece it together, right? Like, because there is a manhunt going on, and he's posting these weird things. They're like, That's fucking Juan. Oh my my God. God. Yeah. 
So he puts his hands up and he comes out after all of that bullshit and those stupid Facebook videos that he made. <laughs> like, and then he comes out and they arrest him. Well, yeah. And like this whole time he's making fucking jokes, babe. He's uh, like, oh, how about those two patrol officers that couldn't catch me? They need to work out, man. And he's like talking about how fast he can run and how much he works out. And he's laughing. Okay. Is so a, he's like the biggest idiot on the planet. Yeah, it is a wild scenario. Like, if you get a chance, all of our listeners and you two to listen to like just Oh no, that blurb, I will be listening to that. It is wild. I will be listening to that because it is wild. I find that kind of shit to be hilarious. Yep. So they bring him to the station and he's making all those stupid comments about like how much better he is than the officers who were chasing him. And they get a call from Border Patrol. Okay. And they're like, hey, so uh, we saw the bolo that you put out. And that guy, Juan, is a Border Patrol agent. He works for Border Patrol Intelligence. Oh, my God. Juan, personally, was the one checking plates, checking cameras. He was the one that got the information that they were looking for Claudine. He was intelligence. Oh my god. So they handed up Claudine on a silver fucking platter. Yeah. Good job. Like and even the police officers say like there is it's too much of a coincidence. It's like they knew he knew that they were looking for Claudine and he had to get her first. Yeah. And he definitely did. Yeah. Wow. Good job. He knew it all. His truck was was on those videos, I'm sure. Yeah. He was he would have been linked to both women. Wow. He, yeah. Good job. Yeah. So, and it's, on the one hand, like, I'm really surprised and, like, borderline impressed that they shared information at all. Like, they put their dicks away long enough to, like, <laughs> share. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I and do. And then the one fucking time that they share, this fucker is a killer. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All of that sucks shit. Yeah. No, it's really shitty. It's really shitty. So that is where we're ending part one. Okay. Um, part two is going to be juicy. We're going to be talking about uh, two additional murders. Okay. And we're going to be talking about his confession. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be juicy. All right. And when do you think we're going to do that? The second part. I would like to get it up this week. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to do this quick then. It sounds like. All right, guys. So be looking forward to that. And Danelle, thanks for covering that. And uh, I'm Maggie. And I'm Danelle. And this is Life and Death on the Fringe signing off.